0: Transition Partners take mental health very seriously. We are now supporting Claro Mental Health Charity, who are local and based in Harrogate. We are working closely with Richard Kenny, who is the IT Director at TechBuyer. Claro operates as a commercial workshop making goods for businesses, which enable those with long-term mental health conditions to function in a voluntary real-work environment. We would love it if you can join us in supporting this amazing, cause and charity and donate what you can any any amount will be greatly appreciated thank you very much and thanks to all our listeners
1: This is the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences
0: and have a good laugh along the way. (music)
1: Welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership Live podcast at AI Tech North. We're discussing leading innovation today, which is super exciting. And we're so happy to be here. Um, Sandra and myself started our podcast over six months ago in order to help inspire the next generation of tech leaders. Since then, we've interviewed some awesome leaders from across the globe, and it's been one hell of a journey, hasn't it, Sandra? It sure has. (laughs) (laughs) So today, actually, it's our first live session. So we're super happy to be joined by some of the North's greatest tech leaders. We have... Russell Collingham, who is the head of technology at Hedgehog Labs, who are ranked number one mo- mobile app developers globally. We've got Kate Coulson who's the director of data strategy at Oliver Wyman, who are a global leader in management consultancy. And we've got Neil Dunlop, who is the tech director at InfinityWorks, who are a consultancy unlocking the value of the next industrial re- revolution. And we're super happy because Neil's making a second appearance on our podcast. So thanks so much for joining us, guys. How are you doing? Hi, nice Hi. so first of all thank
0: you very much for all three of you taking um for our lovely speakers taking time out of your day i know you've all got busy schedules um what would like to do initially is if you could each start by introducing yourselves and just give us a little bit of background with regards to your responsibilities um so neil if you'd like to go first
2: Sure. So, hi guys. Uh, I'm Neil Dunlop. I'm the Tech Director of InfinityWorks. I make sure that we make best use of technology to solve our customers' problems and make sure we deliver on our promises, essentially.
0: Fantastic. Russell?
2: Uh, Very similar to uh, Neil, actually. So, I'm Head of (laughs) Technology at uh,
3: Hedgehog Lab. I run a team of about 20, a mixture of developers, architects, DevOps engineers, Q18 and we work as an agency we work on about 10 to 12 projects concurrently at any one time and I manage the technical resources that are involved in those projects. I also work a lot with the sales team on the pre-sales engaging with clients to potential clients to work out what they need from a technical perspective.
0: Fantastic thank you very much um, and Kate have we lost
1: Kate? <laughs> This is the, uh, this is a great thing about when you do a live podcast. So we might, we might just have to um, come back to Kate one second. Yeah, we'll come back to Kate. Um, So for those
0: that are listening in um, at the moment, so Ellie and I I have prepared some lovely questions for our amazing speakers. Um, So we'll go through a few questions, but in the meantime, there, there should be a chat. Um, pain that you can use to ask some questions we'd love to be able to have some live questions to answer um once we've gone through um a few questions that we've pre-prepared so first question how can we prepare how can we all prepare for the future as leaders and um, and I shall ask that first one to Russell please
3: well as a as a technical leader I'm, I'm kind of an expert in no area and knowledgeable in all areas uh, but it's impossible to keep on top of everything so one of the one of the things i do to cheat is i try and hire experts in those areas
2: <laughs> good so idea <laughs> I,
3: <laughs> so i don't uh, it's impossible to keep up with all the latest ios releases or the latest android releases or the great latest web frameworks that you should be using all the cloud technologies and the new and Amazon's got hundreds of services all with three letter acronyms that you don't know what they are. You can't keep on top of all of these things. So I try and make sure that I hire good people, work with a team and empower them to keep up with that knowledge. So I want to, I want to work with Android developers as part of my team who know what Google are going to announce before Google know it. So that's how they keep me informed with what's coming ahead. Really.
0: Fantastic. Um, apologies, um, Kate. We've now got Kate back. Kate, we just, um, if you don't mind just doing a little introduction about yourself and your responsibilities and then we'll, we'll go back to the questions.
4: Sure. Sorry about that. I don't know. I think my Wi-Fi is not playing,
0: playing <laughs> <That's> nice. <okay. laughs>
4: yeah, I work for Oliver Wyman and I lead our specialist agent analytics team in the UK. Um, so we have 30 people um, based in Newcastle and in London. Um, and we support our kind of client teams that are typically more industry oriented with, with um specialist data analytics skills.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. Brilliant. So um so we would just Russell um very nicely answered our first question, which was um discussing around how we prepare um for the future as leaders. Um so if we if we go back over to I guess Neil um to see what your view is on this.
2: <laughs> Thanks, um, I, I think uh, to, to echo a lot, a lot of what Russell's already said, um, I think you have to be open-minded and you have to be prepared for change. Uh, everything's mm-hmm. going to change. You're never going to be able to master everything. You can definitely hire great people that have some deeper technical knowledge or process knowledge than you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you know the current situation has really highlighted how fast things can change. You know, We all held on to a bunch of beliefs about how the world worked, how business worked. And that was tipped on its head in in the space of three months, essentially. So I I think learning to embrace that change and accept that you're not going to nail everything down um, and being flexible is is really, really important. Mm. Um, And getting your teams aligned to that fact of the world is going to change. It's going to keep on moving, uh, and they shouldn't uh, be too concerned about it. They just need to uh, embrace that change and keep uh, a broad mind and and keep learning new things. Mm. Uh, Mostly, I mean, listening essentially to, to take the pulse of the world and see what other people are doing uh, we all have a habit of, of i guess in, in our positions of talking a lot and sharing our opinions we kind of get paid to share our opinions but there's, there's an awful lot of value in stopping and listening and seeing what other people are saying uh, and, and distilling that down and, and making mm. a plan of a path from there really so i you know it's that classic thing of listening more than you speak essentially he yeah. says talking
0: fantastic Anything i else? agree.
3: I, I was just going to say, no two clients are the same. Mm. So exactly what Neil says: uh, be, be open-minded. So a new client comes along, you don't try and pigeonhole them into one solution. Look around for innovation. So we recently worked with a with a client in the Caribbean.
2: Oh, wow. We
3: we didn't we didn't know any payment <laughs> providers that supported um, the islands in the Caribbean. So we had to do some research we found a few local ones we found a few um, global ones like paypal and WorldPay, pay but we also found some local ones that we'd never heard of before so it was a case of trying to innovate on the fly work out spend some time researching with my architecture team to, and solutions team to try and come up with those those ideas and i absolutely agree with Neil, be open-minded and look for new solutions to help you
0: fantastic it's yeah it's all it's all about the people isn't it and, and having the right people um behind you and like you say listening um in order to develop those people we can't all be experts at everything can we um to, to completely agree um Kate over to you sorry did you, do you want me to repeat the question so I know you've kind of been in and out a little bit struggling with connection
4: um I think it's okay I, I think I oh. you know have heard a lot of the same things that I um tend to tend to say which is you know around listening and i think the only additional thing i would say is that you know it's it's trying to actively seek people that are going to have a different perspective than you so it's it's really trying to avoid that bubble thinking um and as russell said you know that comes i think very naturally when you work with different clients because they they kind of force us to not be allowed to have that um, Mm -hmm. perspective but you can still kind of get into internally so i think the more you can try to kind of diverse
0: perspectives. fantastic um so on that point um talk, obviously we're talking about the people and what we can do as, as future leaders it'd be really great to understand f- um, from the speakers what's your kind of what you feel is the best way to inspire innovation within your teams
3: um, after, you, after you Russell go ahead I was just gonna say I <laughs> um, Actually a lot the, I, I um, initially came to Hedgehog Lab as a contractor, contract developer oh. and um, got flipped into a permie. One of the <laughs> one, one on of the things there. that actually one of the things that inspired me to join the company was the innovation from the design and product teams. Um I guess that's not a technical answer because it doesn't come from the developers. It comes from the, for us, it's all about the solution, not just what the technical team does. Mm. And we get our design teams and our product teams and our user research teams to innovate with a client. And I, I'd never really worked with such a great team and, I was inspired by them to want to join the company. So it's not necessary, doesn't necessarily come from my team as the developers. Mm. It comes from the other parts of the company that fit together to give you a, to give you a great solution, which we can enjoy building as developers. Um, Fantastic.
0: Great example. Yeah. Over to you, yeah. Neil.
2: Yeah, and I think um, specifically as a leader, what you, what you can do is, I think you should strive to kind of set an expectation of, a, of an outcome rather than mm-hmm. an output. So we need to look at what we're trying to achieve yeah. and mm-hmm. you need to be clear about that with your team or teams. And then essentially back off, get out of the way, give them space to innovate, give them space to figure out how to solve that challenge. So you set the challenge, um, but you let them figure out how do we do that? They'll probably have better ideas than you. If, if you kind of are prescriptive about how they solve a challenge, you're kind of starting to build this learned helplessness that the people do exactly as they're told. And it might go quickly at the start, you know, you might get the result you ask for, but at some point you, you'll, you'll run out of ideas yourself. You, you are for a finite solution. You're looking for a creative thinking and they have to kind of exercise that muscle a little bit. Um, so it has, again, it has to be okay to fail as well. It has to be okay to get it wrong and take a few detours. Um, and as long as everyone's shooting for the, the same outcome you might go there in a totally different route than what you expected. And that's what your team are for. Let them do it. So um, set the expectation and get out of the way is the big one for me.
3: I agree. I don't have time to to stay on a project. These guys are doing it full time. I have half an hour to pop in, frame what the problem is, um, help if they need help, but then let them run with it and, and have lots of failures and then come up with an outcome. That's, that's a really good point. I like what Kate said as well. We have, we have the phrase in our company about um, – In relation to what Kate said about not bringing in people who are always the same thinking, we call it bringing in some extra DNA, some external DNA, Mm -hmm. some fresh DNA into the company. So if you're all a Microsoft stack company, bring somebody else who's in, who's different. It gives you a different perspective.
1: Um, I love that. The mention of fresh DNA and, and just in general, different thinking, that creative thinking that Neil said is going to inspire, inspire diversity in your teams, um, which is fantastic. Um, now, also using cross-skilled team teams team. as well I
3: think is important yeah so don't just have all the technical team in throw design in there throw product in there mm, throw yeah. some of the QA team in there for example you know just have that mixed skill skill set team to help come up with solutions
1: percent, definitely now as a recruiter at heart and <laughs> um, this is something <laughs> that I often get asked but how do you think skills and tech will need to change uh, prepare I guess adapt for the future ahead of us so Neil You've got an aggressive growth plans at Infinity Works. You've scaled up beyond belief in the years that we've known you. So I'd yeah. love to know your take on this.
2: Um, I, I think the the skills that we will require of our teams uh, will definitely change, and I think yeah, they'll become more generalist. I, I think it'll be um, a little bit of specialist skills, but a lot more uh, generalist. So as as technology gets a bit more commoditized and, and the complicated things get easier to do Mm. i think we're going to start to place an emphasis on on the human skills the the thinking and the decision making and the creativity and being able to distill a load of options down to the the most effective choice um and i think it's those things that will make a real difference that the technical skills are still really really important but being that focused on one piece of tech for your entire career I think that'll move move away a little bit and we'll start to see people who have a very broad set of skills. Yeah. And the thing that differentiates them is, is the way they think about things. So, you know, AI is becoming a bigger and bigger thing and, and things are getting much more commoditized. Mm. So focus on the human skills that only, only a human can do that you as a human being uh, can really get good at. And I think that that is the decision-making, the creative creativity stuff.
1: I love that. I yeah. think particularly... we we focus a lot on diversity and inclusion and bringing in the next, next range of tech talent into our market and into our industry. So I think by being able to, by someone like yourself, promoting that, that it's not just a technology that you need to learn. It's a, it's an approach. It's a way of thinking. There's so many people that can then move across into tech, which is fantastic because that's what we all need, right? Great talent within our market. And what about yourself, Russell? What do you think about how Uh, we can prepare? It's it's a really,
3: really good point from Neil. So, so I was—I so did my PhD in AI 25 years ago, wow. and then I taught at the university. So AI was a very different on the stage with us. <laughs> AI was a very different landscape then. It was all about people obsessing how to get from 70% accuracy to 70.1% accuracy. Mm. And the, the key, the key shift now is that AI is almost a solved problem for a lot of the underlying tech. Speech rec, we don't think about it. Mm. Uh, image recognition, we don't think about it. There's off-the-shelf APIs you can do. Mm. I, I compose a, an email in Google, and suddenly it's predicting what I'm going to write. I just have to say, oh, yeah, that's the right answer." I'll hit tab, and yeah. it fills in a whole sentence for me. The challenge now is, like Neil says, it's not about obsessing about those individual uh parts of ai or parts of tech it's how can we use them and how can we turn them into great products and great solutions and the fact that google just slipped in this predicted text into emails blew my mind when i first saw it i was just wow this is incredible you know absolutely absolutely incredible and that that's what it's all about now is using innovation products how can we make great products out of this
1: that's fantastic now, with your current teams, then, how do you ensure you and your team's skill sets remaining relevant and up-to-date, and how can we encourage this as leaders?
2: I think you've got to take a mix of approaches, really. So it's, it's got to be uh, some some formal training. You know, sometimes certification and formal training is is the way that works for the individual. Some yeah. people like structured approach. Uh, other people want more informal training. Uh, but I think the big thing, really, is giving people an opportunity that once they've Started to learn a tool or a technique or, or something that's important to them, is give them opportunity to, to practice that thing, to, to try it out for real, um, and give them a safety net to, to get it wrong as well. You know, you've got to start to put those skills into, into real use at some point. Mm. Uh, that's quite scary. You know, if you want people to step up and stretch themselves. Mm. They need a safety net around it. You know, somebody's got to say, "We'll give it a go." You know, what's the worst that could happen? We'll make sure that there isn't any negative consequence for, for us or the client or for yourself. Um, so you've got to keep giving people those opportunities to try new things out. Otherwise, they will get a bit bored and they will get a bit fed up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, uh, almost again, it's giving them space to try things, giving them some structured support, but they've got to have a, a desire inside them to learn new things as well. So keep challenging people and saying, what more do you want to do with your career? What, what would you like to learn? Do you think that's aiming high enough? Um, you know, and are you taking all the right steps to get you to the right place? We'll keep feeding in the opportunities You've got to keep taking the steps with us. So yeah, I think I think giving them opportunities is the bottom line for me.
1: I love what you mentioned there about keep challenging your workforce. It's just so important, isn't it? Russell, what about um what do you get up to at Hedgehog Labs to ensure that? So
3: so you've met Surratt. One of the one of the yes. challenges we have. I loved
1: Surratt. He came is, on the podcast. He was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the leader. challenges
3: we have is that <laughs> the CEO is always selling things before we've had time to play with them. So, you know, you know, it's it's, it's let, let, uh, trying to think of an example. Let's say say when face Face ID or touch ID came out on the iPhone. We'd already sold it to a whole load of customers. We'd never had a chance to play with the APIs. (laughs) So that was a big problem. That was a big problem for me. So one of the things that I've introduced into Hedgehog Lab is the the concept of having hack days. So we don't do it as a company-wide. We do it as a a platform. So the iOS team gets together for a day of projects um, I was going to say we put them in a room and lock the door, but everybody's remote <laughs> still at the moment. Put them into a virtual room and mm-hmm. let them innovate and play with some of the new tech that comes out. Because working as an agency, it's quite fast paced. Clients yeah. want this, mm-hmm. clients want that. You don't get time to step back and play with new, new stuff. So how, how, do, how the hell do we know how long it's going to take when there's that ticket on the Jira board and says in sprint four, implement face ID, and we've never even played with it. Yeah. We don't know if it's going to take one day or five weeks. So, Let's have a play. So have hack days together as an iOS team, play with some of the new cool stuff that comes out, AR, VR, whatever, and learn about it, write some blog posts, make some, do some videos so that the commercial team know how to sell it, what they can sell. So that's what we're trying to do. So not, not on a whole company basis. Mm-hmm just on a platform basis, like so let the Android guys sit together and play for a day or two, let the iOS guys sit and play together and play with some of the new stuff and learn it and understand what its limits are and how we can, how we can use it in our projects, projects in the future. And then that can feed back into the sales team to use it as a commercial opportunities.
1: Perfect. Just before, actually, sorry, Sandra, just before we we go into some more questions, it'd be great if any of the listeners have got any questions. We are doing a live Q&A. So hopefully at some point we're live at the moment. So we'll see. But hopefully it should come up on our screen, all the questions that you're asking. So feel free to pop in some questions direct and we'll try and get through some of those for you today. Fantastic.
0: (laughs) Absolutely love that idea, Russell. I think that's great. And, um, it should obviously, um, help you retain and attract talent and um, longer term. Because so it sounds like it's a really cool, exciting idea for the guys to obviously, as you said, hands on. Yeah. Hands on. And we're, bringing you we're... guys, bringing the teams together as well, like yeah. real team spirit. And, you know, it sounds like you're, you're, um, bringing those people along with you on, on the journey, um, that you're taking as a business, which is fantastic. Um, Brilliant. So what um what can we do as I mean obviously the community, our community, um, hence why we're here, techno, AI Tech North, the community tech community in the north is absolutely fantastic. What can we do um in your view um to ensure that sustainable talent is available and continue to be available within technology? Um and Neil, I'll let you go for that one first. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Um, I think I think it's two things. Probably is, is sharing more, uh, which is really hard in the current situation. But I think uh, in the north there's a really great scene of, of meetups and events, and us uh, sharing information, sharing knowledge, and uh, um, sharing our skills with each other and skilling each other up. Um, there's a great network of, of ways of getting uh, people new to tech into the discipline. Uh, you know, things like Up are a great idea. Uh, and we we invest, you know, we, it takes time and it takes money to do it, but ultimately we'll all reap the rewards. So things like, you know, our academy scheme is going from strength to strength and taking some huge intakes this year. We work on a thing called generation.org uh, with partners to, to train people up, uh, from disadvantaged backgrounds in data skills. You know, I think we all have to accept that if we want a strong, vibrant community, we've got to spend some time and some, some money on this, essentially, um, and bring people in from lots of different backgrounds because they'll add something to to the community um, and to our discipline. And we'll all learn new things and we'll get different perspectives. And it will drive innovation and it'll drive a richness in thinking. Um, everybody you know, has that capability in them. And if we give them a chance and a kickstart, who knows where the next leader comes from? Who knows where the, the next brilliant genius comes from? Mm. You know, if we all spend some time investing in that, we'll all reap a reward and a benefit out of that.
1: Definitely,
0: 100%. Neil Kate sorry Russell Kate <laughs> anything else you'd like to add
3: I was going to say I'm a, I'm a big advert advocate of universities so we've got five great universities within about 30 to 40 minutes drive of us
2: mm-hmm.
3: and um, I like to give time back to them to tell them what goes on in industry so being taught a university course is very different sometimes to the real world. Mm. Have they ever used Git? You know, which company doesn't use Git? They don't use it in universities. <laughs> you know, that's a simple one. But tell them what it's like in a real, in, in a real business compared to university. Give them an insight. So I, um, uh, have input into the, 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 the content of the courses, have input it. into projects. Mm-hmm um do mentoring give careers talks I was on with a with a guy at Durham for half an hour this morning talking about his future career with him as a final year student he didn't know what what he should be doing what kind of things happen in the workplace what 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 would be good for his career should he do a master's should he do a PhD that kind of thing that that I find that as a great way we've all been in that position I find it as a great way to give back a little bit and help help prepare people and guide them a little bit
0: um, Fantastic. That's a, that's, a, that's a
3: big thing I like to do. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Kate, we've got you back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been, really, I've like, taught, I've been like running around my house trying to find a different
4: I don't know what was happening, but it just kept kicking me out. Oh, yeah. well, probably one of these guys could answer that question. Well um, you're here now. I'm here now. Um no, I think yeah, for me it's around yeah, working really collaboratively in that skill space in in the ecosystem where you're where you are. Um, in, in the northeast, um, Newcastle kind of the centre where we focus our our talent programs. Mm. There's a fantastic kind of community of people. A, a pretty well um, organised organisation. I'm involved in Dynamo Northeast. Um They, you know, really try to put together people from the private sector mm. um, to you know, interact with the universities, as Russell was saying, but also um, drive quite fantastic initiatives. Like there's a new high school that's launched in Newcastle that's focused very. Um, specifically on technical skills. Um, so, you know, that's, these things take a long time to pay back. They're never going to be, like, in you know, a next year. We can see a complete step change in types of talents available. So, we all have to work, I think, collaboratively on one of those investments we're going to make broadly. And what I've also found is the public sector is getting better at engaging with this as well. So, you know, the kind of combined authorities, particularly the metropolitan kind of, Regions really understand that technology has been the driver of economic growth in the last five, ten years, and they want to kind of be competitive as a as regions. So I think the more you can engage with them, drive those programs, they they want to listen to the tech community to understand how to kind of really make progress. So I think um, if you're not involved in that and you're interested in that space, you, know, you find out which organisations there are near you, um, that you can get involved with and really make a difference.
1: It's fantastic. Um, one thing for me as a podcast host, I mean, we been doing this, yeah, over six months now, but it's been a, leadership's been a journey for me, and I've learned so much from all the amazing guests that we've had on the pod, but we all know leadership can be very challenging. I'd love to know what's the best bit of leadership advice you've ever received. Let's start with Kate, while well, we've got you. <laughs> I think you've got me now. Um, I think that-
4: one thing that has been kind of um, really useful for me actually in, recently is someone mm. said to me, you know, don't let leadership be lonely. And I think that
1: yeah,
4: it, can, cool. it can feel like that because mm-hmm. you're often, you know, wanting to put on kind of a, the brave face, you know, people looking to you for a sense of security and calm and kind of, you know, coming up with a plan, all of that kind of stuff, which in itself can be a big drop. Oh, gosh. Oh. Really nice. figuring out who you can... Ooh. Who you can then be kind of honest with is important, and there's always someone else. Maybe it's a peer, maybe it's someone from a different team, and mm. um, where you can really go to and say, "You know, I'm I'm stuck on this, and it's it's worrying me." And
1: don't don't feel like you have to um do things by yourself. Yes. And that's a really good piece of advice. 100%. That's really great. Yeah. I've been lucky enough to meet some of your leadership team, senior leadership team at Oliver Wyman. You've got some great people to network with and help support you with that. And um, what about yourself, Neil?
2: Um, what advice
1: have you got for people finding um, leadership particularly challenging
2: uh, it's a it's an infuriating uh, simple question really um <laughs> and the person that imparts this to me regularly will be laughing now but uh, i'm gonna have to give them credit to it um th- and it's a simple question of what's the problem we're solving so so when you when you're in the middle of doing something uh, we all have an ego we all have our preferences and you can get very wedded to the way of doing something. You can get very wedded to my approach or my opinion. And often I find that when it's getting a bit heated and, and somebody will say, well, what's the problem we're solving here? Take it back to what's the challenge? What's the outcome we'd like to achieve? It reframes your thinking. And you think, well, I'm arguing over whether my way is the right way versus a different person's different way. We're arguing over the wrong thing. You know, We should be focused on what we're trying to achieve and that will allow you to think a bit more creatively about how you do it so we often argue about how and we should be thinking about what are we trying to get to uh, so asking that question in the middle of a conversation is quite useful to make everyone kind of stop and reset mm. uh, park all of that ego and park all of that defensiveness um, and really focus on what's sort of benefit to the company or the customer or the project you're working on because we all want to achieve a positive outcome whatever we're doing and it, it forces you to think a bit more creativity. So. So that one, much as I would hate to give credit to, the, to that, uh, that particular phrase, because it drives me mad when I'm in the middle of a conversation. But yeah, what the problem we're solving here is often the, the very big one. For
1: me. Awesome. What about you, Russell? Share your words of wisdom. Two, <laughs> two little nuggets.
3: Um, one, <laughs> one was passed down to me and one which I live by as well. So the one that was passed down to me was don't be afraid to make hard decisions. Mm-hmm. And as as a leadership, as a leader, that may involve letting people go. It may involve... Stopping what you've doing and redoing it in a better way. It may involve a hard conversation you've got to have with a, with a client, but don't be afraid to make those hard decisions and make them as early as possible. If you've got to make them, don't let them linger. Things feel a lot better after you've made that decision and acted upon it. And from a personal point of view is don't settle for average. Um, whether that be hiring the right people or in what you're building for a client for don't what don't build something mediocre because for your client, it's the thing that they believe in, so they want you to believe it and, in it as well. So don't don't settle for average, and don't be afraid to make hard decisions.
1: That's fantastic, and I think that growth mindset that you've got there shows a lot of the successes I'm sure that you guys are having at Hedgehog Club. Um, I'd love to know if there's um any leadership training or books that you would really recommend. So, um, Kate, let's start with you. What have you got any recommendations for us or for for the viewers? So, I think for me, it's um. Anything which is really around like different personality types and that
4: builds on people's kind of self awareness of different preferences. Um, I've been quite surprised. I like I came through kind of a consulting or human focused strategy consulting background. Then I kind of moved to tech. Like, so was, I was exposed to I was kind of thinking around different personality preferences very early. And it surprises me how people with 20 years experience in tech sometimes have never really had a kind of Exposure to this concept of like, not everyone thinks like you, um, and to, to your points around um, earlier around, you know, in the in heated debate about how to do something, some of the challenges you've got two different styles. You know, you've got someone who's very you know much more introverted who wants to prepare versus someone who likes to talk mm-hmm. out loud, or and um, you've got someone who sees things very much as they are, and mm-hmm. someone else who thinks very sexually. And um, so I I found that this has really unlocked some people in our team who maybe have struggled or have found it hard to move through conflict really really help them um there's various different versions of it myers- Briggs is a classic um insights discovery is an organization that we work with a lot Oliver Wyman and has a good kind of framework for sort of diagnosing yourself and understanding yourself and then maybe more to kind of how you interact with others and how you teach so you know, for me I think that's a hugely valuable kind of way of thinking that can really change how you with any other human in life, personal life professional life um and yeah thoroughly really recommend you know getting a bit geeky about personality types.
1: love that perfect neil russell any other top tips or recommendations
2: right I'd, I'd have to agree with kate there i think mm. i think everyone has to go on that on that journey at some point of do you understand yourself and do you understand mm. why you do what you do Yeah. Um, be a bit of a bit of an eye-opener sometimes when you, you have yourself played back in a mirror right now. <laughs> I'm sure um, We've talked previously that I'm a massive bookworm, so mm-hmm. I've always got books I'd recommend. Um, if you're looking at kind of stepping up to, to lead a team, uh, particularly a technical team, um, I'd look at the, the Manager's Path by Camille Fournier. Um, if you're taking the next step, um, The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker is really great um, and you don't have to be an exec to, to read it. You can be an exec of yourself. So it's a, there's a lot about time and energy management and where you put your focus. And as you, as you move on in your career, you tend to get overwhelmed by the amount of work you've got to do so you, you can pick. Uh, you, know, you need to pick what you're going to spend your time on. It's always a big one for me. Um, and then I, I guess one a bit further on for, for kind of growing your organization and thinking about how you grow your organization and empower other people is just a, a book called Grow. Um, by sandy Og, which is really really good it, it helps you think a bit bigger about how do i design bits of the organization for it to be really really effective and, and empower other people to start to grow themselves hmm. um it's kind of a bit of a culture of innovation at the forefront we don't want to just go through the motions we want to think differently and we want to think about innovation and we want to think about how we get that to run all the way through the business yeah uh, but they, they would be my my big three at the moment uh i read a couple of them a couple of times uh, and grows on the on the bedside cabinet at the moment so
1: fantastic Fantastic. Mm -hmm. russell we've just got very uh, we haven't got much time left till the next session so you've got about 10 seconds if you can give us your tip or recommendation and
3: uh, to pick up on what kate said earlier uh, knowing that you're not alone as a leader is important Mm -hmm. so not a book recommendation a couple of free mailing lists level up and cto craft are excellent to know that other people have the same problems that you have and they aggregate a lot of articles and links to really help you on a weekly basis.
1: Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's great to have your top tips on that one. And also, I guess, from our podcast, Neil's been on our podcast before. Um, we've had plenty of speakers, we've had speakers before from Oliver Wyman and Hedgehog Lab. So um, do, please do feel free to follow us um, on LinkedIn Transition Partners. Um, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. So it's the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. Um And we've also got another co- podcast called The Journey of a Woman in Tech if you are interested in finding out more about um, female leaders within our industry that'd be fantastic so please do take a listen if anyone's got any questions or follow up today please do get in touch with myself and sandra on linkedin we'd be happy to answer your questions but want to say huge thank you to our fantastic guests i know we had a couple of technical issues with kate um but yeah thank you so much kate neil um, and russell for your time It's yeah it's been fantastic great really interesting yeah thank you very much
2: thanks guys thank
1: you you very much perfect thank Thank you guys take care Take care, bye <music>